In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast radio partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and I have the privilege of being the host for the show. And when you listen to me on WAVA, I'm talking about Good News for the City. But if you happen to find me in a different place on the weekend, there's a good chance you'll see me at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia, where I have the privilege of being the lead pastor there. But when I'm on the radio or on your podcast with you, our focus, as always, is talking to either local people about local issues or local ways that we can get involved to let the gospel make a way. Now, the book of Galatians, chapter six, has this really amazing verse in verse nine that says this Let us not grow weary or tired in well doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. That's a wonderful promise of God that says he is going to follow through. But many times in the midst of going through what we're going through in life, we get really, really tired, especially if your job or your role happens to be a pastor of a congregation. You see, the role of a pastor requires deep wells of resiliency just under any normal circumstances uh, to do what God calls people to do as a pastor, to shepherd their congregation, serve the needs of the community. But over the last several years, in almost every occupation, stress has gone up and pastors have not been people who've not experienced that stress. In fact, it's grown rapidly for them. And in a short period of time, they've begun to encounter in the midst of this pandemic, a lot of political and racial discord like we all have and and this accelerating social shifts. And, And pastors are called to lead their congregations in and through that and point people to Jesus. So in the church, though, we've seen ideological and theological swings that have led to some very unfortunate things. And today on this show, we're going to talk about how to encourage pastors. If you've listened before, you know, previously on the show, we've reported the results of a 2021 Barna survey that nearly four in 10 pastors have thought about leaving full-time ministry just in this past year. So our guest today on the show knows about that. He's lived it, and he's passionate about encouraging others who are living it right now. And he wants to help his pastoral colleagues stay the course, to not grow weary in their calling, and to not just go beyond surviving, but to get to the point where they can thrive. And so he wants to live out this idea of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So I hope you're going to listen and learn today uh, about how this can happen and about an upcoming gathering for spiritual leaders here in the Washington metro area, and to talk about it. I have with me on the show today, Pastor Michael Dadab. Pastor Michael, thank you for being part of the show today. Uh, thank you so much, Brian, for having me here. Yeah, I, you know, I, was, I was looking and getting to know you a little bit through your bio. It says here that you're a former banker turned preacher. That's an interesting twist we're going to talk about in just a moment. But 
you know, God has called you to into ministry and you've been in ministry for a very long time now. In fact, you joined Deeper Life Bible Church in 1981, shortly after giving your life to Christ. And currently you oversee, and for those who are listening, want to know why you're so passionate about this, 70 church locations of the Deeper Life Bible Church in the United States. And more than 50 of those churches have actually been planted under your leadership in the last 20 years or so. And so, you know, you're a teacher, a preacher, evangelist. You've ministered in all kinds of parts of the United States, but not just the United States, United Kingdom, Africa, the Caribbean. And if that wasn't enough, like a lot of our guests, you are a very busy man doing a lot of things. Uh, you are uh, a regional overseer for Deeper Life Bible Church, chairman board of directors of African Ministers Fellowship in the USA and in Europe, national vice chairman and regional mobilization coordinator for Africa Strategic Leadership Prayer Network, and you are a member of the Board of Trustees of Nigeria Praise, an organization founded by a former Nigerian military head of state. It just means that God has given you all kinds of opportunities to make a difference for him. And so thanks for taking time today of being on the show and making a difference for our listeners. You are welcome. Thank you again for having me here. Yeah. Well, you know, there's always a story, right? A, a starting moment that brings people into what God has them. And for you, there was a, a story, a personal story of coming to faith, right? How, tell us a little bit about that story and how God has begun to shape you and continues to shape you uh, as a follower of him and a leader to live out your calling that he's put on your life. Uh, thank you so much. Um, by the grace of God, I was born into a religious family, so to say, mm -hmm. and I grew up in the church. And um, over time, I became fully involved with the church. But then as I kept serving, there was this inner hunger for God and for more of God in my life. And that made me uh, to begin to pray and to seek what is the way forward until a time came in 1981 when I was invited to uh, a fellowship, a launch hour fellowship, not too far from my job then. And because of my desire to be my best in what I do uh, at the church then, I went for the meeting and only to realize that God actually put the meeting together because of me. Mm -hmm. I gave my life to Christ. And um, that was the beginning of the story and the complete and total change of my life. Not too long after I gave my life to Christ, I realized the need for me to grow. And so yeah. I began to pray again, um, Lord, what do I do? How do I come about this growth and development? It was in the process of that that I met a young woman who introduced me to Deeper Life Bible Church. And um, initially, I didn't respond, but after some time, just to make him feel good, I followed him to the, to the church then. And um, it was a Bible study day I went. Yeah. Uh, after the Bible study, I listened carefully to the way Ramana, everything was done. It was unbelievable. At the end of it, I said to myself, if these people are fools, I'd rather be part of the fools. And to God's glory, I've been part of the fools since 1981 till date. And mm. um, yeah, I participated in the Bible study again and again. And uh, the style of the Bible study, the disciplined Christian life of the members of the church and the, the consistent emphasis of the church on holiness and righteousness actually has helped me 
to be who I am today in addition to my own personal desire, my decision, dedication, disconnection from distractions as well as diligence yeah. in all that I do. And uh, praise God, here am I today. I love that line, part of the fool since 1981. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, 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 a, good, that's a good reminder that uh, the gospel is foolish to the world but it is the truth and it is good news and it changes things. Now, for anyone who might be familiar with a little bit of church history or just general church history, uh, they understand the influence um, of Western missionaries on the African continent, bringing Jesus Christ as missionaries there. And the influence it had on the growth of the church in Africa, specifically Deeper Life Bible Church, uh, that eventually has grown to over 1 million members in more than 60 countries around the world. That's amazing. One of the things that I love now is how God is using people from the continent of Africa to now go back, so to speak, to some of those initial countries that sent missionaries to Africa and to make a difference in the world, going back into Europe, going back you know, into parts of Asia, and certainly coming back into the United States. And so for you, at some point, you made that transition uh, coming from where you were in Africa to the United States. Talk about how that worked out, how the story of how God led you to the U.S. to build upon the rich history of Deeper Life Bible Church that was already occurring in Africa. And talk also as well, if you can, about how you want to tell the story of what you have seen God do and to share the lessons that you've learned. And as you share the story and you share those lessons, encourage pastors in the US. Uh, again, Brian, thank you so much for that question. Actually, it was uh, in 1995 that the Lord God opened the door for me to come into the country, uh, the United States of America. I wasn't sent here by my church. I actually came here to look for a greener pasture on my own. But then I also came with the determination to ensure that I serve the Lord in all that I do. And um, to the glory of God, within a short time of getting here, having been a minister from uh, back home in Nigeria, uh, the church over here again saw the gift and the grace of God upon my life and requested that I come on board as a full-time minister. Uh, before I left Africa, I was doing ministry together with my job uh, at the bank. But now the church wanted me to just be fully committed to the ministry. And uh, since my life and all belongs to God, I responded and I gave up everything I was doing and became a full-time minister. That finally happened in March of 1996. And... Um, I, from there, went to Atlanta, Georgia, from New York uh, to take over uh, a small church that was there by then. And uh, that was how everything began. From one church at that time, it has actually grown to 76 churches as we speak right now to the glory of the name of the Lord. But overall, yeah. we have more than 150 branches of Deep Ally, uh mm-hmm. in the United States. Uh, but I only oversee about 76 of them uh, so far. I love how you just said you only oversee 76. Um, that, that seems like it's a small number. You know, 
And for people who are listening who want to specifically know more about Deeper Life here in the Washington metro area, you can go to www.deeperlifedc.org, and we'll give you that again at the end of the show. But one of the things that I loved about what you just said was this idea that you came over for a purpose, but God had a different purpose that he was going to get you. There's that reminder of Proverbs 16, verse 9, where it says, you know, in hearts, in our hearts, humans or men or women, we plan our course, but the Lord establishes his steps, right? And so Amen. he has plans that we don't always know. Now, right. you know, like yourself, uh, you work incredibly hard in very challenging circumstances, but you're not unique in that, especially when it comes to to pastors who are serving and ministering so many needs. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, some are really discouraged uh, to the point of despair. And that despair and that discouragement is, is tempting them to completely leave pastoral ministry. And the Bible has called them there, right? And, and we need pastor, pastoral leaders. Can you give our listeners some examples of, of some of the, in your experience, most critical challenges that pastors are facing and how in the midst of those challenges, they can still keep their callings alive, even though it's difficult. Thank you, Brian. Uh, you know, uh, it's unfortunate that the world expects the pastors to be everything to them, when in reality, they cannot play God. Uh, people forget that pastors have their own personal challenges and that they are still yeah. human and that they go through just mm. about whatever challenge any other person goes through in the world. And this has led a lot of pastors to stress and burnout. Yeah. I've due actually to said over... to my congregation, go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, due to over-expectation from pastors all over. Uh-huh. And yeah. pastors ended up finding themselves lonely and isolated from the rest of the world. Mm. And the challenge of the ministry takes a lot of toll on the family of the pastor and the pastor himself. Mm. As a matter of fact, a lot of pastors' homes and families are now in disarray because of the work of the ministry. And at other times, you see denominational politics. I call it denominational politics. And um, some pastors have problems with acceptance from the people they are leading. And some feel... uh, completely traumatized because in spite of all the effort they put into the work of the ministry, the church seems not to be growing. Mm. And um, so they find themselves in this situation whereby it's like they're alone. Depression sets in. Uh, Not just that, broken families. Then Mm -hmm. you see the cultural violence that is everywhere. And in order to be able to take care of this, some pastors, unfortunately, gets themselves into addiction. Yeah. Uh, they get into, into drugs. They get into pornography. Uh, in addition to pressures on the church. Now, the finance of the church is there. How do we take care of this? How do we take care of that? The growth problem is there. And so all this put together is really affecting the pastors. And um, again, there are some pastors who, when they look at their family, their children in particular, not following after themselves, they feel weighed down, troubled mm-hmm. and disturbed. And um, at other times, some pastors think they can do everything. Yeah. Now, I've you know, I, I work at Christian Fellowship Church in, in Ashburn, and I have a wonderful congregation. I, I'll say from time to time that, 
you know, you don't want me to be your God. I make a really bad God. And then I joke, and say, right. so do you, right? I, I can't even be God of my own life. He's got to be God of my own life, you know? And, and so that reminder, but I resonate with this, this temptation that, that comes from the enemy that for a pastor, we have to be for people what only God can be, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you have those expectations that other people put on you, but I love how you put this point too. Sometimes those expectations aren't coming from other people. Sometimes they're coming from That's ourselves right. wrongly. That's and right. and what, what does it look like to, to live out our calling in the way God wanted? And, and you understand that challenge. And, and I understand that you and Deeper Life Bible Church, one of the things that you want to see happen is that you want to bless pastors. And, and you can maybe say it this way, give back blessings and thanks for how Deeper Life Bible Church has been blessed or how other churches have been blessed. So making this sort of pivot, if we can, recognizing the challenge that a lot of pastors have and recognizing your particular mission and calling right now to bless them in the midst of their challenges, how do you plan to sort of bless and encourage and maybe even refresh pastors here in the local Washington metro area? You're exactly right. We are trying to see what we can do to be a blessing to other ministers in the neighborhood and the DMV area. I'm not that alone. We actually have some ministers coming from beyond the DMV area as well. We just want to be a blessing to as many as possible. You know, Mm -hmm. the Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, verse uh, verse 17, that iron sharpened iron. So a man sharpened the countenance of his friend. So basically, all we want to do is to sharpen the countenance of our friends. And the people like you serving your generation... Uh, people like Howie serving his generation, uh, who tells you thank you? Who appreciates what you are doing? Uh, we just want to have everybody together to be able to make it work, to praise the Lord together, to appreciate God together. And we plan to do this through music, through worship, through teachings, seminars, and parting of gifts to say to pastors, thank you for mm. all that you do. And not just that the pastors are serving their church community alone. They are serving our generation. They are serving the whole nation. They are serving the world. Because through the life and the ministry of the pastor, if the community is better, we all find ourselves in a better shape. And so during these upcoming events, Deeper Life is trying to ensure that we come together as colleagues together in the ministry to encourage one another, to appreciate one another, and to keep the fire burning. I think one of the great tools of the enemy, whether we happen to be in uh, pastoral ministry or we happen to be serving Jesus Christ through a different sort of vocation, is to try to convince us that we're alone, that we're isolated. And events like what you're doing specifically for people who are serving in pastoral ministry reminds them that they don't have to be isolated. There's other people around and you sort of alluded to it already. So I just want to talk about it right now. Again, you can go to deeperlifedc.org, Deeper Life Bible Church, deeperlifedc.org. And you can find out about a conference that's going to be happening very, very soon. In fact, Friday, July 29th from 4 to 7 p.m. in the evening and Saturday, July 30th, 4 to 7 p.m. So Friday night, Saturday, Friday afternoon into early evening and Saturday afternoon into early evening of July 29th, July 30th, right there at Deeper Life Bible Church on Sargent Road in Washington, D.C. You're going to encourage people in this sort of pastor's appreciation moment in your annual regional convention. So if someone's listening to this right now and they want to come, 
uh, to this, or they want to pass along to a pastor, tell them what they could sort of expect. Maybe you've said a little bit already, but maybe people didn't connect that that's what's going to happen at this event. Uh, again, when we come for these events, uh, by the grace of God, we are going to be having worship together. As a matter of fact, we have two guest artists that mm-hmm. is going to be present uh, for this event. We have the church choir that is going to be singing. We mm-hmm. have different churches that are going to be participating, uh, working together just to, to make it happen. We're going to be having worship sessions, teaching sessions, seminars. We're going to be praying together. And there is going to be a session of special prayer for pastors, their wives, and their children. So it's not just the pastors we're inviting. We're inviting them with their children and their wives as well. Because what the pastor is going through is not just the pastor alone. The entire family of the pastor is going through everything. And so we welcome everyone to join us, irrespective of your denomination, irrespective of your color, irrespective of your culture. We invite everybody to be part of it this month of July, July 28th to 31st. But the pastor session is going to be on the 29th and the 30th of July, and we look forward to having you. Yeah, so uh, to kind of reframe that, there's a larger event going on called the Gathering of Champions, July 28th to July 31st there at Deeper Life. And as part of that Gathering of Champions, this smaller, more intimate part about pastoral appreciation, I love the fact that you just highlighted the fact it's not just for the pastor, it's for their spouse and their families too. Anyone uh, who is in ministry understands they don't carry the burden alone. Their spouse carries it. Their family carries it. And so, again, you can go to DeeperLifeDC.org, find out more about it. Uh, Deeper Life is located on 4915 Sergeant Road in D.C. Now, in our last couple minutes or so, um, could you just sort of share a story? Because we've shared the challenges of this right now, but there are stories you've experienced and Deeper Life has experienced. And in Others need to know about about restoration and transformation where you see God come in into a spiritual leader's life who's struggling, maybe ready to step out of ministry, making some poor choices, whatever it might be. And you've seen God change that trajectory and, and change what's happening in their life. Uh, you know, as uh, you were talking, uh, the first person that actually came to my mind is John Simbala mm-hmm. of the Brooklyn Tabernacle over yeah. there. At New York, I read this book many years back, uh, Fresh, uh, uh, Fresh Fire, Fresh... Um, fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, I think it's what Fresh it's Wind, thank you. Thank you. Fresh yeah. Wind, Fresh Fire. And he took over the church uh, from his father-in-law, and the church was in a deplorable state. Uh, he told a lot of stories about what happened at the initial time and how... The only people he could see coming to the church were the drug addicts, the drunkards, the homeless people, stinking and smelling. And it was like, is this the way I'm going to spend the rest of my life? And uh, at one of the meetings, while the service was going on, uh, the pew broke. And the people sitting on the pew pumped themselves on the floor. But today... The church he took over when it was less than 30 people is actually numbering about 16,000 membership today. I see God turning things around. Now, another example is the story of 
my own founder, uh, the founder of my church, Pastor Dr. William Kuhn, was actually excommunicated from his church because of evangelism. What happened is the church believed that until you are filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost, even though you are born again, you are uh, you are born again and you are sanctified, you cannot preach the gospel. And that was the rule. But then he looking through the scripture felt that is not the condition of the scripture. Once you are saved, you can serve. And so yeah. on his own, outside of the church, he went about preaching the gospel, inviting people to the Lord, and the church felt he was not following what the church ordered that all the members should follow. And he said, well, yes, the church says that, but this is what the Bible said. And in the process of that, they asked him to leave. They excommunicated him. And so he started a Bible study group in his apartment in 19, August of 1973. And um, including himself, 15 of them started a Bible study group. The Bible study group is what has now become millions of people worldwide today. Yeah. And um, with branches of the church in Europe, in Asia, in right? all over Africa, here in Yeah, North it's America. amazing how God has used all yeah. of that. So, so I see that as yeah. a complete turnaround uh, for him. Instead of yeah. what happened to him to deject him and to kick him out of the ministry, God just used that as the stepping stone. Yeah to a greater calling. Yeah. So, well, I wish we had more time to dig farther into this today, but I know our listeners have been blessed. I encourage them to go to deeperlifedc.org, find out more about this uh, special ministers conference happening on the 29th and 30th of July. And as you are listening today, be grateful that God is working in your life. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.